Hi. How's it going? Hey, who's here for the first time? Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Nice. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. Uh, some people, it's okay. We're going to stalk you later to join our church. Um, <laughs> you think I'm kidding. Uh, Hey, uh, it's a joy to be with you this evening. Uh, we're going to really just spend some time uh, in one particular verse. Um, and now, I don't know if you're new to the church, you've never been before, maybe someone dragged you along tonight, um, maybe you've been to lots of church services. Either way, we want to say a very special welcome to you, particularly if it's been a while since you've been to a church service, uh, or maybe you, uh, you're on that journey of discovering who Jesus is and uh, we're very glad that you're here with us um, this evening. And so in the church service, this is the part where uh, someone will speak uh, about something from the Bible. Uh, for us, the Bible is much more than just a, a book. We believe it's God's word. We believe that when we uh, hear it read and when we're talking about it, we're hearing actually from God. So uh, this evening, we're looking at a verse in the Bible. If you are someone who follows Jesus, you may want to grab your Bible, turn to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. If you don't have a Bible, you can just turn the person next to you. It's up here on the screen as well um, when it comes up in a sec. Uh, oh, yeah, thank you, Brent, for that. Um, at the end of our time together, um, I'm hoping to answer some questions. Uh, on each slide, the number will be there, so don't feel like, oh, no, I quickly need to put the number down. But if you hear something I say, you have questions about it, uh, I'm going to do my best at the very end to answer them or ignore them, depending on the question. And that's the number you send it to. But this is uh, God's word, so please have a listen to Proverbs 18, verse 24. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for the privilege to gather and listen to what you have to say to us and to hear from your word. We pray particularly that um, for those of us um, who are here for the first time, that you would speak to us. For those of you here who are here, who've been here often, uh, that you would also speak to us. What are you saying to us, both individually, but also as a community? Uh, please help us to respond, and we need your grace. Lord, I pray even now for myself that let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you through your wonderful, glorious Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a, than a brother. A few years ago, there's a guy by the name of Bruno Mars. You might have heard of him. He wrote a song, and this is what the words of the song say. If you ever find yourself stuck in the middle of the sea, I will sail the world to find you. If you ever find yourself lost in the dark, in the dark and you can't see, I'll be the light to guide you. Find out what we're made of and when we're called to help our friends in need. You can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. And I know when I need it, I can count on you. Like four, three, two, you'll be there. Because that's what friends are supposed to do. Oh, yeah, whoa, whoa, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. If, you have, if you're a Bruno Mars fan, I apologize if I ruined that song for you. <clears throat> you can listen to it and kind of declutter what I just said. 
See, when we, when we think about friendship, um, rea- the reality is that two things should hopefully come into mind. There are two ways to look at friendship. The one way, and Bruno Mars is trying to get at it, is talking about uh, uh, true friendship. And another way to look at friendship is really fake friendship, not really true friendship. See, in this verse, it makes it very clear, very start from the word go, if you read it at the very start, it really displays for us what fake friendship is about. There's this line that says, a man of many companions may come to ruin. Another way to actually read it is to say, a man of many companions may come to evil. It's the kind of language um, that is described in Proverbs. Proverbs is a wonderful book. If you've never read it, it's, it's particularly for those of us who like practical stuff. This is a wonderful um, book to get into. Uh, these are like truths. These are wisdom truths written out to actually look through the lens of what God says about life and look at your own life. And that's what Proverbs is really about. So this is the idea that someone who has many companions may come to ruin or evil. This is the idea that this is the kind of display of what fake friendship looks like. What do I mean by that? The idea of true friendship is something that we may take for granted in our day and age. Uh, You and I, if you have a Facebook account, most probably this week, at some point you had a friendship request from someone, maybe. Maybe someone you know that you haven't seen for a very long time, someone random that you don't really want to be friends with, or it could have been me and you really don't want to be friends with me. Either way, you have a friendship request and in that moment you have an option. You can accept that friendship, confirm that friendship, or what, do you, what can you do? Decline. And what was the other one? Ignore. You can ignore a friendship these days. But see, the idea of friendship, I think, particularly, particularly in the Facebook world, someone says, oh, he's my friend. Really, is that what friendship is really about? Can you really say that what friendship is about because you are connected with them on Facebook? A few years ago, um, I went up to Queensland uh, and on the way back from Queensland, we were waiting at the airport, we were waiting for our plane and me and my friends were sitting there and having a drink together and we were waiting for our plane to arrive. It was a little bit delayed. I was thankful it was a bit delayed because all of a sudden, you know who I saw walk up to order himself a drink? The gladiator. Russell Crowe, The Gladiator. I'm a big fan of that movie. And I remember sitting with my friends, and my friends turn around to me and go, Sharps, it's The Gladiator. And I looked and went, it is. And then you know in that moment, I don't know if you've ever happened to you, when you see someone famous, you don't want to stare at them because you don't want to look like a stalker. Um, and I was like, don't stare at them. And then my friends are like, oh, man, do you think he'll give an autograph? And I said, I don't know. I'm going to go talk to him. So I walked up to uh, Russell Crowe, and he's at the bar, and I said to him, hey, uh, Russell, sorry to bother you. Would you like to come and join my friends? And I were just hanging out for our flight. Um, he was there with some of his friends, and he turned around to me and said, oh, look, thanks, man, but uh, all good, um, but have a good night. I said, okay, no worries. Went back, and my friends said, you talk to the gladiator. I'm like, oh, no, don't, don't just calm down. Don't, don't do high fives in front of him. Um, now, imagine... About a year later, there's some movie premiere, and there is Russell Crowe. And I see him waiting in this movie premiere, I see him, and I walk up to him and say, Russ, what's up, man? 
he most probably will look at me and go, who are you? Security, grab this guy. (laughs) Now, I can easily say to you that, oh, Russ and I are friends, but we're not really friends. It's this language that we kind of throw around as if, you know, oh, I'm a friend of theirs, I'm a friend of that. But in reality, that's not what true friendship is about. We throw it around. I don't know if you heard uh, what Bruno Mars talks about. See, Friendship, in some sense, in our day and age, is really ultimately about a transactional relationship. In our day and age, we think friendship is like, if, you, if I'm do this to you, I'm expecting you to do, give this back to me. I don't know if you noticed in Bruno Mars' song, where he says, you can count on me like one, two, three, I'll be there. I know when I need it, I can count on you like four, three, two, you'll be there. There's this idea and language saying, I'll be your friend because I know you'll be there because I've been your friend. It's transactional. But see, the biblical language is not like that. Because ultimately what that displays, I think, is fake friendship. God's design of friendship, true friendship, beautiful friendship, is much more deeper than that, much more beautiful. To understand true friendship, we need to kind of understand what God's view of friendship is from the start of time. See, as followers of Jesus, for those of us who believe in the Bible, we believe that God, the creator of the universe, created relationship. He's the one who made relationship. He's the one who made companionship. In the very first book of the Bible, in the story, God creates the world. He creates humans. And then he even actually uses this language about uh, a man who's alone. He's actually got animals around him. He's actually not technically alone. He's got relationship with the creator of the universe. And he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. And he makes a woman. Now, it's not that language is not just about, oh, I've created a wife. No, it's this companionship, this friendship there. That was God's design of creating friendship and relationship. It was beautiful. It was glorious. But then the first enemy, Satan, comes into the world, tempts the first humans. And what he does is he attacks the relationship between God and human beings and with each other. And friendship then all of a sudden takes a twist and turn. In the very first account, you have Adam, who's meant to protect his family, his wife, lets Satan tempt his wife. And when God pulls him up on it, his response is, The woman that you gave me, it's your fault, and starts pointing fingers to each other. And that's what sin does. It becomes and shifts this idea of friendship into becoming transactional. You did this for me, I'll do this for you. That's what our friendship is based on. Because of who God is, a wonderful and glorious God, he sends his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who displays beautifully what it means to be a true friend. There's a letter in the Bible called John, and it's in the Gospel of John. You have these verses. In John 15, verse uh, 15, this is Jesus speaking. He says, No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Now, what that does is it actually shapes for us, even today, what true friendship actually looks like. Remember what I said. Here's a little diagram I try to make up, and I'm still working on it. The first diagram is to kind of show what friendship is. It's transactional. 
meaning that I will be your friend if I, you do this for me, and then I will do this for you. It's transactional. But the next diagram, I think, really shapes for us and designs for us what friendship ought to be. If you're wondering what all those pictures are about, let me explain that to you. Firstly, you have two people. On one hand, you have a person whose heart has been chained, changed because of Christ and the gospel. And when they're wanting to be friendship with someone else, they're looking to Jesus, the true source of true friendship. And Jesus sent through his Holy Spirit, that's the fire in a person's life, that spirit who he who empowers. And then he empowers us to be friends with others all around us. That's that picture. That's what true friendship is about. See, the reality is you and I may have many friends, but that friendship might not necessarily be defined by one particular key reality, which is love. That love is displayed in the story of Jesus. You may have lots of friends, and this language that's in this Old Testament passage is actually quite radical. The guy who's writing this is saying, there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Back in that day, to have that statement was fairly significant because back in that day, friendship with family was a big deal. Everyone was intertwined, interconnected. And here's this language, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, um, I've got another slide up here coming up, and it's the same passage again uh, that we saw. Uh, the first is in the English. It talks about a man of many companions. They come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That highlighted word is that friend, the word a friend. In the original language where it talks about Hebrew, so the Bible is written in Hebrew and Greek. Uh, in the Old Testament is Hebrew, New Testament is Greek. Uh, I'm not going to pretend I know it all, but there's one thing that's very interesting about this verse. So that's in the bottom screen of the screen is those, um, that same verse written in Hebrew. So you read it backwards, by the way. So if you're wondering why is the number on that side, that's where you start. And see that highlighted word? It's the same word for friend. But see, the way it actually reads in the original passage is like this. But there is a love that sticks closer than a brother. There is a love that sticks closer than a brother. That word is actually not even friend. It's actually translated, that friend language is say, a love that sticks closer than a brother. See, what it's trying to explain is that for us, even today, that friendship is should and ought to be shaped by a love that is shaped by God himself. So firstly, we need to understand a couple of things. One, we need to understand and step back. See, when Jesus talked about in John 15, when he says to his disciples, I will call you friends, the same language and the same kind of word is used to say, you will be my friend, you will be my companions, I my endearing love for you. Friends, for us to understand what true friendship is, we need to look to the one Jesus Christ friend. See, Jesus Christ is our true friend the one who came into this world to pursue you and me. And Jesus Christ is the awesome friend who actually became friendless on the cross so that you can be friends with the creator of the universe. This is the son of God hanging up on a cross. Everyone's abandoned him. And he even cries out, My father, my father, why have you forsaken me? 
And in that moment, Christ's death opens up this wonderful, beautiful reality for those of us who turn to Jesus to be our friend, our Lord, our Savior, and he then makes us friends with the creator of the universe, a servant of the creator of the universe. So first question I need to ask is, before I even talk about friendship, are you friends with Jesus? Are you friends with Jesus? I don't know all of you here, but the starting point in any kind of relationship, you can be friends with lots of people, but the most important friendship that you can ever, ever make is with Jesus Christ. And that's where you ought to begin. And if you don't know what that means, can I encourage you to talk to people as we have dinner? Maybe even talk to the person next to you or come and chat to us. We'd love for you to be introduced to Jesus as your friend. Now, if this is true to you and you believe that Jesus is your King and Lord and then you have friendship with with Him, that means now your friendships are no longer defined by Facebook or what culture says around you. It actually is defined by Jesus Christ. He defines friendship for you. And firstly, what that means is when He defines friendship, your friendship no longer becomes about inward, actually becomes outward. It becomes outward for you and for me. What does that mean? Well, first, if you believe in Jesus, the first outward point we all need to ask is, just as Jesus is the friend of sinners, are you and I friends with those who don't know Jesus? Are you friends with those who don't know Jesus? The kind of friend who will even be willing to lay down your life for them, just as Jesus did for you and me. Another aspect of the outward aspect of friendship when Jesus shapes and defines it is that the one who has given you life, because he has made you and now you know him, your friendship is no longer about just you. It is shaped by Jesus for one particular purpose, to make Christ known through your friendship. And so with that in mind, we need to be asking some questions for us. If you're someone who's considering about this idea of friendship, the first question I would want to put before you is, as a friend, who's shaping your friendship? Is it you or is Christ shaping it? If that is true that Christ did, hopefully it should be growing to an outward reality. And this idea of being closer than a brother, that means this picture is given that you should be into, uh, in each other's lives, encouraging challenging, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. And as Jesus introduces this concept to his disciples, it was a radical thing to say. Even in that time and day and age, a rabbi was up here, you would never be a friend of a rabbi, you were just a student, and here is Jesus, a rabbi, teaching his disciples and says, guess what, we're friends, because you're willing to do my commands, what the Father said you believe. And that means Jesus even says to them in further, says, as friends, as you make disciples, this is your call. That means if you're a Christian and you have friends with each other, it's all good for you to have friendships that are deep. And you can take as many selfies as you want, put it all on Instagram, do all those wonderful, fun stuff. But ultimately, you need to ask your question, does your friendship point to Jesus? Does my friendships point to Jesus? Because he is ultimately the greater and better friend. He is ultimately the greater greater and better friend. So, 
some things to consider. This idea about many companions come to um, ruin or to evil. In this day and age, one thing to do is simply ask the question, are your friends at the moment, the friends that you know, the friends that you spend the most time with, I'm not talking about friends who don't know Jesus, even friends who do. At the end of the day, do they stir your heart to love Jesus more? Are they draw, or are they drawing you away from him? Talking about friends who bring people to ruin or to evil, any companions? Ask that simple question. Are your friends stirring your heart for Jesus? Secondly, you need to ask the question, who is that friend? of yours who's closer than a brother. And that might mean you might not have a brother or sister, but who's that kind of friend who is in your life? If you have such a friend, can I encourage you tonight, if they're here, go and give them a big hug. And if you're a dude, I don't know if you're into hugs, but I know I grew up growing up with hugs. You can do the same as well. Go and hug him and say, hey, bro, thank you for being my friend. Make it awkward. It's fine. But thank them. And you might be someone here who struggles and says, I don't have any friends. I want you to know there is one who is always your friend. Jesus Christ. And he has created a family of friends here in this room. And pray that Christ will raise up this kind of friend for you. Now, what I'm about to say has nothing to do with the passage. This is just a pastoral note as a pastor of this church. The men, young men of Canterbury Gardens Community Church. I love you. I'm about to say something to you. It may sound a bit hard. There are girls in this church that you can actually be friends with. <laughs> so that means in those social um, um, times, you know, and I'll explain why. Uh, in those social moments... You don't need to always hang all the guys on one side, laughing at nerdy jokes usually, and all of the girls on one side. Now, I get it. There are moments where girls and guys, that's fine, all good, okay? But sometimes, just go up and say hello to them. How was your week? Those kind of things. If you need advice about that, um, I'll point you to somebody who can help you. No, I'm more than happy to help you and coach you through it. We may do a seminar on it. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say, guys, is listen, do you know that when you are being friends with your sisters in Christ, you're actually being a witness to your friends who don't know Jesus. Your friends who don't know Jesus don't really understand friendship and stuff. They're trying to figure it out. But when you're being just friends and loving your sisters in Christ, taking care of them, talking to them, it actually displays Christ in that moment. So consider that, all right, men? And finally, some marks about a true friend. A true friend is someone who's constantly pointing you to Jesus or pointing, um, you're, you're pointing them to Jesus. That's a mark of a true friend. A second thing is that this idea is that you don't need to be friends with everyone. You need to consider who are your close friends who will be there with you and pointing you to Jesus. And thirdly, a tr- mark of a true friend is, are they willing to go there? Are they willing to go there? What do I mean by that? I've got a good mate of mine by the name of Nathan. You've heard him preach here a couple of times. 
Uh, Nathan is the guy when I catch up for a coffee with him, he'll, he doesn't even ask me about what's going on at church, which frustrates me sometimes. What he says to me, hey man, how's your, how's your marriage? Uh, look, hey, I'll talk to you about that. I want to talk to you about this. No, no, I don't care. I'm in ministry. I know what's happening. Tell me, how's your marriage? Are you, how are you treating your wife? How are you treating your kids? Oh, last week you told how you lost your cool with your son about this. How's that going? And vice versa. Do you have a true friend who is willing to go there? And also, are you willing to have that experience? You don't need to have it all together. And then finally, friends, can I encourage us to continue to grow to be friends that look to Jesus, the one, a wonderful true friend, and that he has opened this door for us to be in friendship with him. Because ultimately, Jesus is the one who will always stick closer than a brother because he's our Lord and King. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we want to thank you for who you are. We thank you for your truth, your grace, and your friendship. Lord, I know even amongst us uh, this evening, I just feel like there may be some of us who are struggling to even ponder, do I have a friend? Would you reveal yourself as the true friend, firstly? And we ask as well that for those of us in, in this community here, that we will continue to look outwardly to encourage each other and to be friends as you've called us to be. Friends who stick closer than a brother for the sake of the gospel. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't know how we're going to do this question stuff. If there is questions, if there isn't, it's okay. I'm okay. I'm happy to sit down. Do you want to grab the microphone or something? And then, yeah, and you just tell me? Oh, yes, two. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I haven't had the questions yet. It could be really bad. Um, Beth, do you want to just use the microphone and whoever's got the microphone, then others can hear the question? Oh, you're up here. Okay, cool. Hi, Beth. Hi, did you Everyone, want me to sit down? Beth. I can sit down if you want. Oh, it doesn't matter. Everyone, this is Beth. Okay. Hi, everyone. Okay, so the first question is, how do you cultivate your friendship with Jesus? Ah, great question. Um, well, um, so how to cultivate your friendship with Jesus? Uh, so uh, first comment is it's daily. Uh, what do I mean by daily? So firstly, we talked about in, uh, as a church, we believe in God's word, we believe in the Bible. To understand who he is and what he's all about, get to know how he lived his life, what he says. So firstly, get to know him. So one simple thing is to spend time in reading. Secondly, to know a friend, talk to him. Uh, another way is Christians, we use a language called prayer. True, prayer is there, but prayer is also conversation. So it's actually talking to him. Um, and secondly, I think also, uh, secondly, thirdly, uh, another cultivating thing is I think it's also experiencing the true idea of friendship as you engage with each other in community. Um, you're cultivating that, um, sharing the love of Christ to one another, um, serving one another, uh, being on mission together. Uh, those are all aspects of uh, knowing Jesus. If I didn't answer your question, come and chat to me. I'll have a better after I've formulated. You know, after you answer something, you're like, oh, I should have said that. Um, that might happen later. Thanks, Ruby. That was good. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> thanks, Beth. <laughs> um, another question we have is, what are some ways we can create a church culture 
that moves beyond surface-level friendships and divided groups? Ooh, I feel like that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, look, let's just... One practical thing um, is that in a room like this, I'm not expecting all of you to be best mates with everyone and close kind of relationship. That's just a practical reality, yeah? Um, but cultivation... Uh, say the question again, so make sure I answer it properly. What are some ways we can create a church culture that moves beyond surface-level friendships and divided groups? Okay. Uh, one, guys get to talk to girls. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm drumming that same thing. Um, uh, secondly, I think another way simply is, I've seen this happen in our church context, particularly at 10.30, um, someone asks you how you are um, in the midst of talking about Hawks won this weekend and... Um, how awesome that is by one point. And in that mid of that conversation, then going to the next one, hey, but how, how are you? Um, so some questions I've asked uh, and I get asked, uh, what's brought you joy this week? Uh, what's robbed your joy? And another way to cultivate is actually, can I pray for you? Um, a simple act of actually sitting next to someone to pray for them for the week, I think kind of breaks down the barriers as well. Um, and then uh, fourthly, Look out for people. Um, in a big group like this, there are people who might be just sitting on their own um, as people who have been um, befriended by the creator of the universe. Uh, we are then called to also look around. So there might be someone there sitting there on their own and then be that person, go up and say hello. Uh, take a couple of people with you uh, and say hello to them. Um, so, yeah. Can I ask my own question? Sure, Beth, you've got the microphone, so yeah, go for it. How can we as friends, um, what are some practical ways that we can point our friends to Jesus? You mean people who already know Jesus or who don't know Jesus? Probably both. Okay. Uh, um, let's see. So, um, so um, practical ways of someone who does know Jesus, so you can keep pointing each other to Jesus. Um, is if you're going to do that, you need to invest in relationships that are going to go on a bit of a journey and walk together. Um, one story I have is a good mate of mine, Jake. Um, he lives in the States. Uh, my experience with him in cultivating true gospel friendship, I called it, was Jake would meet up with me regularly, one-on-one, catch up for a coffee. Uh, we didn't necessarily read the Bible together. We talked about the Bible and the things we were learning. Uh, Jake invited me into his house at that time. I was a single guy living with a bunch of bachelors. I got to see him have an argument with his wife and sort it out in front of me. To So we were living in each other's life. So that's another aspect, um, I think, of cultivating. That's another practical thing. Um, another thing, I think, is also speaking truth in love. Uh, I think true gospel friendship, we, we've hard to say it. I think it's good to kind of be willing to go, hey, what's going on? I've noticed you, this is happening in your life. So learn to speak truth and love. Um, so for my friends who don't know Jesus, um, friends who I can't, I'm on a journey with and asking, them asking questions, me asking questions about them and the gospel, um, for some of them, I, I need to take my time. Uh, my goal is not to... Um, get them to join my church and my club or whatever. My goal, if there is one, is for them to meet the greatest friend ever in Jesus Christ. Um, and to do that, that's dialogue. Um, this is one neighbor of mine yesterday. Um, this happened yesterday. So um, it's been recorded, so I'll call him Dave. Dave um, was 
came, we were in the driveway, we got a long drive at the home, uh, and Dave and I started talking uh, about Jesus stuff, and Dave says to me, he's, he's funny as, and he just turns around to me and goes, so, how's your church stuff? Um, and I'm like, uh, yes, yeah, I don't know what that means, but yeah, it's not bad. Um, and then he goes, so, and I'm thinking, I know he's, he's thinking stuff, and I just turned around to him and said, um, hey, you know, there's this movie that I saw recently. He's like, oh, yeah, what's the movie? And I said, oh, it's called, um, it's called uh, The Case for Christ. He's like, oh, right, right, what's that about? And I said, I told him about this atheist guy who came to Jesus, and he's Oh, yeah, I've heard those kind of stories. Um, and then I said, and my first reaction right there and then was, okay, Dave, you need to know about Jesus. And this, this is what I wanted to do. I was like, you know, Jesus died on the cross, and I was going to go for the whole gamut of things. And I, turned, I had to stop myself because I had to, um, and I said to him, hey, tell me something. And this is starting to come out. And I said, hey, um, what, what, what's the deal? And he's like, oh, church, huh? I said, yep. All right, I'll tell you. I said, okay. He goes, sorry if this is taking over time. Um, he said, I used to go to church. Uh, he's from the States. I used to go to church in the States. We played in the band, in the church band. I didn't believe any of that Jesus stuff, so they let me play in the band with them because I was a good drummer. I said, oh, cool. He goes, and then one night we were all hanging out. We decided to play ACDC, um, and we were just mucking around. And I said, okay. And then he goes, so the next Sunday we ran, and the guy told us, you're not allowed to come to church anymore. I said, well, stuff this church thing. And then I said, oh, man, that's pretty full on. And then one other thing. And, I, and he said, talked about how um, his dad was um, uh, sadly uh, molested by a church leader back in the day and uh, ended up committing suicide. And it started unraveling. Now, in that moment, I had to realize this is going to take time. So I have to invite Dave more into my life. Um, but I would not shy away from telling him I believe in Jesus. So sometimes just being a friend is being a friend, like... Um, yeah, listen more than talk, which I'm not very good at. Thank you. Okay. Do we have time for one more question that's just come through? I don't know. Who's got the time? Yes, everyone's, someone's nodding. Yep, okay. Someone's saying, no, please stop. Yeah, go. It is, how do you think Facebook's, Facebook affects friendships and our relationship with God? Ooh, so uh, how does Facebook affect friendship and our relationship with God? Um, uh, I think uh, this is just an observation I think Facebook um, gives a persona that you can know someone without really knowing them right so I've been in conversations where I've said um, someone will say to me hey dude did you check out so and so's Facebook page I said oh no did you see what they put up on Facebook um, and I realize that's not friendship, right? So Facebook has created this world where um, you can know someone but without really knowing them. So they could put the most nicest photo up. Uh, my favorite ones are the ones like my, I used to do with my family and kids. You know, family and kids, everyone's smiling. But they haven't seen the, the 10 goes that we had before that, before my son's hitting my, my daughter and I'm pulling my son off my daughter and all those things. But it's like, hey, everything's fine. So I think Facebook has created this well. So I would say to fight that, to counterculture that, you, you kind of don't just completely throw away Facebook. Look at your friendship list and work out who are your Facebook friends and then kind of go, how can you redeem, if you can, some of the things on Facebook to be true friends. So 
making comments that are not just liking, maybe sometimes you might need to make a comment, uh, maybe not just loving their picture, uh, encouraging them, uh, look at ways how you can be that. And the second part to that question was... How does it affect your relationship with God? It's distracting. Um, how many of you have ever tried to sit in front of your um, Bible or thing, uh, if you read it on your hand, in your mobile phone, notification comes on? Oh, what's that? And before you know it, you spend a bit of time, uh, not meaning to, it's like it's there, right? Um, uh, more studies are coming out now how that, um, that it's actually rewiring and thinking of how your brain, so it's actually creating an effect. So in the sense that when I see a notification on Facebook and it brings me happiness, so my brain's connecting it with that, so I will click onto that. Uh, it will make me happy. So that's, more studies are coming out based on that. And there's a book I've got here in the, li- in the church library you can grab if you want to read it. Um, talks about that research. Um, so I think it can be distracting um, that Facebook is doing that. Um, yeah, just on a side note, can I just encourage you? You don't need to be notified about as soon as the message comes in. I turned off my notifications at the start of this year. It's the most wonderful thing. Um, so if you are someone who has that constantly bleeping on your phone, I just want to ask you to consider turning the notification off. Um, it's not a law. It's just a consideration. Um, and maybe try that. So, But in saying that, Facebook can also be a place of witness uh, and redemption. I've seen so many people use Facebook for that. Um, a couple of leaders that I really appreciate and love um, said to me, they hate social media, but they've committed to and um, covenanted with the Lord. It's their own thing in that everything that they post will be something that will hopefully um, bring glory to God. So uh, quotes, prayer stuff, um, how they respond to criticism and engage with those who hate the gospel, uh, all those things as a way of saying, I want to be a witness. So that's another aspect of, I don't think you just, you guys, is there ways of redeeming it? Thank you. That was okay. good. All right. Cool. I don't know what's happening now. Oh, Sam, thanks. <laughs>